gospel. So, Lord, I, I thank you that um, the word of God is alive. It's, the word of God is active today. It's, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. There's a provision in your word. And, Lord, as Mitch shares the word, as he uh, lays out a buffet banquet table for us to be partakers, that you say that there's something for us today to be filled, to be nourished, Lord, to be, be equipped, to connect with you, to have revelation, Lord, that the, the hindrances of this world would come off of our mind and our eyes and our hearts, and that we would be liberated to the love of Christ and to the nature of our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. All right. There, All right. I want to ask a question to start off this morning. I'm hot. Um, down, out. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be. I'm sorry. I am. No, this is hot. That's uh, quotable. Um, yeah, I want to ask you a question to start off with. How many people in here, um, when you go to a movie, you go uh, specifically early enough to see all the previews? All right, and then if you're of those that go about 20 minutes late so you don't have to see the previews. All right, sorry. We're, I'm going to give you a little preview of probably something I'll probably share later on, but I felt like, man, it's so crazy when Daniel was telling me what he was going to speak last weekend. Lord just brought this 2 Corinthians 1 up to me. Uh, I, I had been reading it like the past uh, couple weeks, and then Ben prayed it. The last prayer of the, the, the meeting, he prayed it. And I just felt like the Lord just wanted to highlight this, especially as got about a couple weeks till election time, and just as we're praying for our, na our nation, we're praying for our country, and we're praying for the things that uh, Daniel shared with us last week, being able to fix our eyes on Jesus, keeping our hope in him. And that, man, when... Uh, ben shared it. I was like, he shared it up until the point that the, the one scripture that I liked after it. And so I just went, I was like, ah, almost. But I, it was really good. I know, you just set me up. But this is kind of like a preview. So this is like you're going to the movies. This is kind of just a, a brief preview. But I just wanted to speak this because I, I, wanted, I want you to call you to just a few things as you're going into this November 8th. Is that it, right? November 8th time. All right. Because it says, you know, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which was, came to us in Asia. And we, have been bur we were burdened excessively beyond our strength. We despaired even life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves. But God who raises the dead, the supernatural God that we just sang about. I mean, I was, it, worship was rich for me. I mean, I just started writing down. Of course, I think it's one of my favorite. What is that? A, is, uh, he has paid the highest price. Is that a chorus, bridge, what? Bridge. I think it's one of my top five bridges of any song. <laughs> Does anybody keep a top fives like that? Like, I keep top fives. Like, I do. I'm sorry. That's a top five bridge for me. He has paid the highest price. He has proven his great love for us. We will praise him with our lives and proclaim our love for him. That's the gospel right there, right? And just in that one bridge, it's a boom. If you can live that, if we can live that out as a body, if we can live that out as uh, individuals, wow, he has paid the highest price. Man, just ri rich. And the fact that death couldn't hold you down, you are the risen king. And I was like, whew. Did anybody else get excited about that this morning? Just me? <laughs> Come on. All right. So anyway, 
And I love this. He will deliver us. He on whom we have set our hope. So the only reason reason he's delivering us is why? Because we have our hope set on him. We've got to set our hope in him, not in anything else. And he will yet deliver us. He who is joining, you also joining and helping us through what? Your prayers. Man, great time to take this next two weeks, set set it apart. Whether it's fasting, whether it's praying, whatever that is to you, just encourage you to enter into some prayer in relationship to this. Don't, don't be unaware, even just as 2 Corinthians says, don't be unaware. Um, for our proud confidence is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in holiness and godly sincerity, not in fleshly wisdom, but in the grace of God, we have conducted ourselves in the world. So when you're going out there walking in this next couple of weeks and you're walking with people, and, and Daniel really highlighted this last week, remember to set your focus on him. Walk in these five things, setting your hope, getting, praying, getting into godly, uh, godly sincerity and holiness, walking in those things, not in fleshly wisdom, but the grace of God. That's the way we conduct ourselves in this world. That's how you conduct yourselves in this time. In the season, so that is, is that a good enough preview? You good? Should I just pre- I should just preach that. I, I came just a hair. If I felt like I had gotten, if I had about another hour, I might have gotten that one together <laughs> this morning. I was like, no, no, but I had already prepared all this other stuff. So anyway, so anyway, um, just going back to the God of abundance. You know, I've been sharing on that the last uh, few weeks, times that I've shared and. Father, uh, just really, especially after um, Daniel spoke about just the leaven last week, just took me back to that, the, the, 5, 000, the feeding of the 5,000, just that whole scenario, that whole thing. And he got, and I was like, well, God, I've kind of already shared that before in some aspects in here. And he said, well, share it in the relationship with the God of abundance, like in my abundance. And the poverty mindsets that the disciples had in that process that took, tried to take them out of entering into doing the impossible. I mean, I believe that we are a people that can do the impossible. I got three, three people? Come on. Everybody's like, sure, maybe. <laughs> yes, go ahead, Mitch. <laughs> Why? Because it, we're, you know, we're kind of like those disciples. We're like, yeah, we've seen a lot. We've, we've been with Jesus a lot. But, you know, are we getting it together? And we'll talk about that. But we're, if you want to flip in your Bible or, or phones, just as long as you don't, Play on them and get on Facebook and stuff like that. Don't do that while I'm talking now. Come on. I can tell. You know, here, here's, here's how like, you can tell that somebody's watching on Facebook. <laughs> right? Right? You can tell you've gotten in turn, tune-out mode in life when you're doing this right here. You're like just flipping, right? So don't do that. Just, just flip a little bit with the word. But you can turn to Mark 6 if you want. Uh, Mark 6 and 8 are really kind of our reference. We're going to stay mostly there today. Um, but I felt like the Lord was really just you know, showing me uh, just a bunch of, in relationship to the God of abundance. And obviously, he's the, uh, the God of abundance. He's the God of, of re- the abundance of resource. Like, he's got everything. He's, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, if you've heard that. Prover- uh, that's a psalm or proverb, one of those. It's one of those songs of probably he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's a God of abundant resource. Well, you know, here, you know, the disciples are kind of doodly bobbing along, just kind of getting used to this. But they've seen a lot of stuff already. But in Mark 6, you know, it picks up in 30, and the, and the apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported 
Tim all that they had done and taught. They had just come back from seeing a bunch of stuff that they had, you know, they had done. And he said to them, because you've been on this journey and you've been out there doing the ministry stuff, come and rest. He says, uh, he said to them, come away by yourselves to a secluded place, rest for a while, for there were many people coming and going and they didn't even have time to eat. You ever gotten those places? You're like, oh, man, I forgot to eat today. Maybe I should do that. Um, they went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. And Mark 6.33 says the people got ahead of them. The people got ahead of them trying to go to that secluded place. Whoops, sorry. I'm reading, I'm reading my notes, not the scripture. There you go. The people saw them going, and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from the cities and got there ahead of them. You ever got to that place where you just wanted to be by yourself and you went to a coffee shop and then you ran into everybody that you know? <laughs> you ever done that? You ever gone out to eat and thought you were going to have a nice quiet evening and then some people you know, came and invited themselves to sit down and hang out with you for <laughs> two or three hours? You know, you're like, oh, I just wanted to be by myself, right? I finally got there. You know, Lee and I would go, a lot of times we'd go, you know, we'd go out on a date and we didn't want to go anywhere and do, like, meet anybody, so we would just go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and then go sit in the Target parking lot. And that's pretty bad. Uh, come on, that's all. I mean, it was a date, okay? It was a, it was a good date. I mean, we had some talking. <laughs> I, took, I take her out to have back every once in a while. Don't, when I have a coupon, I mean... <laughs> Every once in a while we do that. But we would do that very specifically so we wouldn't run into everybody. Because everybody we know is either in Walmart or Chick-fil-A. Either one of those two places or Kroger. Uh, those three places you can just have communion and conversation and connection. If, you wanna, if you're not connected, go to Walmart or those places. But anyway, these disciples were going away to rest. And then all the people kind of ran around behind them and got there before they got there. And so Jesus kind of kicks back into ministry mode, and you know, not out of need, not really out of have to, but it, it makes this statement that really out of compassion. You know, that's what we need to get sometimes, especially in those moments where you really felt like you need to be by yourself. Just ask the Lord, you have to give me some compassion, Lord, because I need it right now. But he, Jesus went ashore; he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them. Many things, you know, maybe that's, you know, some of that God wants to do this morning. Just pow, impart, you know, the shepherd's heart again to some of us in, in, in the house. But the initial, um, um, go on to the next one. I don't think I even put it in here. Um, you know, he, the disciples started to recognize a need, you know, because Jesus sat there and he started talking to them and ministered to them. And all of a sudden it got late. And when it was already quite late, his disciples came to him and said, this place is desolate. It's already quite late. Send them away so that they may go to the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. I mean, that makes, I mean, that makes pretty good sense, right? I mean, if you, if you were in that same situation, you might have said the same thing. I mean, we ain't, we ain't got no food. Somebody needs to go to the supermarket and get some food or go to those villages and grab some food, right? So, you know, they, they want to do that. So, you know, not, not anything big, but all of a sudden, God just lays down this crazy, enormous challenge, you know, that he's, he's really challenging us. And he, and he makes this statement, you give him something to eat. You know, that next statement is like, wait a second. He answered them, you give him something to eat. 
<laughs> Can you imagine, right? Now remember, what's the scenario? There's at least 5,000 men, probably plus, with children and kids. Like, there's a lot of people. Just think about filling Burris all not, not Burris. Well, how, many, how many is Burris hold about? 4,000, 3,000? All right, so, so take the Colosseum, fill it, and then Jesus, you're sitting down there, and all of a sudden Jesus says, you give him something to eat. Oh, okay. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that. But, you know, you give him something to eat. I love Matthew 14. That's, that's an, that uh, rendition of it says, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You know? Don't send them away. You have an opportunity. Give them something to eat. Like, feed them. So all of a sudden, you know, you know the kind of our quick poverty mindset that I want to address is we usually quickly, immediately kind of depend on our own resources, right? Mark 6, 38. And they said to him, shall we go and spend 200 denarii on bread and give them something to eat? Now, you know, denarii is a day's wage. So they're saying 200 days wages. I don't know if you want to, like, clip your salary and about two, <laughs> two-thirds of your salary and then just say that's what we're going to have to go spend on food for these, this amount of people. I mean, you're feeding 5K or more, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you know, he says, you know, do you want to, you know, should we go do that? You know, and I think about, I think about the testimony of this building. That's kind of the way we did it with this building right at the beginning. If you were here at the beginning of this, you know, you know, we got, we, we saw this building. We were over in the uh, middle school and all of a sudden, you know, I think Debbie Cooper, is she here today? The Cooper's here? No, they're not here. But Debbie Cooper and um, Howard, Carla Howard came by and they saw this building and they said, this is the building. So, of course, we started pursuing it. We found out it was actually available. We could actually purchase it. But, you know, all of a sudden we had to come up with about $125,000 with about, I don't know, 50 people, 40, 60 people. I can't remember exactly how many people were there at that, that moment. But we're like, holy moly. You know, at that point you start going, how, how is that going to happen? Because we don't have a couple thousand dollars in the bank. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not possible. And all of a sudden, we tried to start doing it on our own. We kind of did this crazy trying to raise money thing, and, and it fell through completely. We, we were just, like, busted. We were like, all right, Lord, sorry, we did that on our own. Sorry, can we rewind that? You know, And it really got to a place where you kind of had to let it die. We're like, we, there's no way to get it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, uh, the guy pursued us again and said, hey, you guys can do it. <laughs> Almost from our... From the guy that was trying to sell, of course, he was getting a little commission off that, I'm sure. But, you know, yeah, y'all can do it. Do it. <laughs> but, you know, the reality was that all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, the Lord, we did it, you know, we did it again. And all of a sudden, it was out of a different heart, different spirit. God raised it, like, supernaturally. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you how all that got raised. It was crazy, crazy. But it was him. It was all of a sudden him, you know, doing it. You know, shall we go and spend 200 you know, denarii, day's wages on bread and give them something to eat. No, like, look to me. Like, you've got the King of kings and Lord of lords standing right in front of you. I like Matthew 14. It brought in another, that rendition kind of brought in another poverty mindset. Immediately they saw lack before his abundance. You know, you ever get in that mode where you see lack? Immediately when somebody says something, you see lack? They said to him, we have only here, sorry. They said to him, we have... Here, only five loaves and two fishes. Only. That's all, we, that's all we got, God. You know, so all of a sudden, what did they do? They looked at the lack versus the fact that there's no way we're going to be able to feed, you know, 5,000 people with this. 
versus what could God do with it? What could God do with it? You know, I was thinking last night, me, me and Robbie were messing around. He, I had to be tested on this right, like right, right when I'm getting it ready. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Robbie's like, you know, he's like, I'm stressing out. Like we don't like the, uh, the nice. What's that called? I know it's a keyboard, but what's the the name brand? The Kurtzwaller. He's like, man, the pedal's all busted, and so, you know, we need a new one. And of course, he, you know, Mr. Robbie and his like flamboyancy starts, you know, saying, well, we need, you know, we need this. We're here. We need there. You know, in relationship to, you know, of course, Daniel's all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said. Wait a second, you didn't ask him the most important question in that. How much is that? <laughs> so, so it's funny, and I was like, but immediately, it's funny, I had to be challenged. Mitch, are you looking at the lack, or are you looking at what God can do? You know, somebody might have five, somebody might have five grand right now that they could drop in a hat and buy that one that y'all want. <laughs> See, Robbie, if you have that. <laughs> or do you have it? <laughs> that's right so at some point we might pass the hat but you know that that is coming up you know we want to we want we want the best for our team so you know god wants god wants to challenge me challenge me and he tested me on that he's like mitch do you see the lack or do you see the abundance and i'm like well yeah of course, my heart's like, well, you can always give us one. I mean, somebody might just donate us one. <laughs> That's me, though. You know, but the reality is that God doesn't want us to immediately go to lack. And I realized even in my mind, even as soon as he said it, I was going to lack. Like, what, what we don't have versus what we do have. The King of kings, the Lord of lords in our midst. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, have you ever... Anybody ever studied George Mueller? If you ever want to get some really cool faith type stuff, just go read the testimony of his life. I mean, he's a guy that was born in Germany, grew up in uh, England, but you know, very early on, he just started getting you know restless and started really the Lord just really started in, uh, just building or- orphanages. And by the time he had died, he had uh, made us places for about ten thousand orphans. In relationship to this thing, and he had never asked for a penny, never asked for a single penny. And I'm like, whoo, you know, he would sit down. A lot of times they would sit down. Uh, there was, I know there was this one story where they sat down to dinner. They didn't have any food. They sat down. They set the places. They set like the, you know, the chairs all around. They got ready to bless the food, and they didn't have anything. And all of a sudden, the the bread truck broke down right outside their house, and they got fed. Right. I mean, just, I mean, crazy, miraculous things that you, you would just, but it was, it was this place of, you know, he just believed in the God of abundance. That's all, he, that's all he could do. You know, even sometimes when it got tight, you know, when he could be, you know, sometimes get to a place where, oh my gosh, you know, he just kept believing. All right, God, you're the God of abundance. But I encourage you, you know, he, it was cool because he established 117 schools, which offered Christian education to over 120,000 children. And most, a lot of those were those 10,000 orphans. And uh, it was funny. It says, uh, it says, he was well known for providing education to the children under his care to the point where he was accused of raising the poor above their natural station in life. Man, why, isn't that a good accusation? You know, taking people, grace of God, taking them to a place where they could never get to on their own. I mean, if we're going to be accused of something, yeah, 
be accused of that, you know, taking children. But I love this, you know, Jesus says, you know, of course, bring, bring, the, bring the bread. Y'all know the story. Bring the bread, bring the thing. And he commanded all of them to sit down in Mark 6.39, sit down in groups on the green grass. They sat down in groups, hundreds of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up towards heaven, he blessed the food and broke the loaves and kept, kept giving them. I love that. He kept giving them to the disciples before them. Can you imagine being a disciple? You'd be like, well, this is all we got, you know, and then you'd be Oh, wait a second. We got one more. We got one more. We got. Oh, wait a minute. We got one more. We got. Where's all this guy? You know, it's like, what, I mean, it, that had to have been. I mean, you would, you would think that, man, just seeing it like appear before. I mean, every time he broke it, I felt like it just, you know, multiplied and he gave it back. <laughs> Break it again. Boom. You know, and to the point where they after. They all ate and were satisfied. They picked up 12 full baskets of the broken pieces and also the fish. There were 5,000 men who ate the loaves, plus, plus all the women and children that were probably there. So I love that. He just kept giving. Because God's that abundant God. God's a God of abundance. You know, that resource doesn't run out. Yeah. Radical need, right. There is radical need. And I think there's... I think there's, to say, you know, obviously those those places of physical need for sure, but man, there's an incredible amount of spiritual need in this nation, you know, to go feed people. And you got it. You got it within you. You got, number one, the God of abundance within you, and you got the loaves and fishes. God is, somebody spoke it, I think this morning, God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing. It's already in you. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. You know, he's already given it to and And the way that it comes out is through him, through, through knowing him. And uh, I love, you know, I think that I got through that one. Go on to the next one. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the God, God of abundance and resources. And you think about this, I love Jesus kind of finished up. Jesus says immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida. While he himself was sending the crowd away, after bidding them farewell, he left the, to the mountain to pray. So he was kind of being that pastoral guy, you know, saying goodbye to everybody and putting, getting them on their way, getting, you know. And then all of a sudden he sent the, the, the disciples on in a boat. Well, you know, of course he knew what was going to happen. Obviously, um, you know, when they uh, got on the, kind of here's the first test, you know, when it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land, seeing them straining at the oars, um, for the wind was against them. At about the fourth night of the watch, he came, he came to them walking on the sea. And it's interesting. He intended to pass by them. It's kind of like he was almost like hoping that he didn't, they didn't see him. You know, that he was hoping that, you know, that, you know, that they were just gonna, he was just going to pass on by. Because I think he was hoping that they would catch the revelation that, man, I just fed 5,000 people, you know, here's a little bit of wind and a crazy little, maybe a storm of some sort. You got it. You got it within you. Speak peace to it. But, you know, obviously, you know, go on to the next one. Um, but when they saw him, sometimes the fear sometimes speaks, that poverty mindset of fear a lot of times speaks louder than the mindset of faith. And the enemy wants to, you know, continue to speak. Try, that's how he tries to get us down. Speak fear. You know, you're not going to make it. You know, you're not going to, God's not going to come through for you. Like that was the, the song that we sang, Faithful, you know, to this morning. was just a declaration in relationship to, 
some of the things that you've been hearing, you know, that, man, I'm not, I'm not going to make it. You're not, you're not this. You're not that. And God wants to break off that fear. Uh, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost. They cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them, take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. Uh, go on to the next one. And, and this, this is the reality of what happens when we get in this poverty mindset. Then he got into the boat with them, and the wind stopped, and they were utterly astonished. And that word utterly is like, you know, the scripture that says exceeding and abundant beyond all that we can think or ask. It's that same type of word. It's like utterly has got like two or three words to it, and it's like exceeding abundant. Like they were over the top astonished. Like, oh my, you know, and you're like, wait a second. Is this the same people that just fed 5,000 people, right? Just fed 5,000 people? And he's like, why? And why were they astonished? Because they hadn't gained any insight from the loaves, you know. And that word gained any insight, it really is this word, uh, I don't know how to say it, sunimi, S-Y-N-I-E-M-I-S, sunimia, or something like that. It really just means to put it together, you know, put it together. It's like putting a puzzle piece, you know, putting a puzzle together. You, know, you start putting the puzzle piece puzzle together so that you can what see what the true picture is. You know, it's it's like that, and it's interesting. You know, they hadn't gained any insight with the loaves, and and I felt like the Lord is saying, you know, Jesus was giving them some puzzle pieces. And anybody do anybody like puzzles in here? Yeah. Anybody ever um, when you're putting a puzzle together, you start in the middle and go out? Anybody? Anybody? You want you want to torment yourself that way, right? <laughs> what do you what do you do when you put a puzzle together? You start with what? Start with the border, so you can frame something in. You you have a context on which to start working on the fullness of the picture. And I felt like the Lord was saying, "There's there's puzzle pieces that He's giving us, and we're like, no, nah, I'm going to start in the middle. Now nah, I'm going to go back and start in the middle. I like I like this. I just want to start right here." And the hard part is that I, at that point, if you start in the middle, you have no f- basis of where to go. Like you might be putting the upper right-hand corner together, you know, in the middle, and it's not even supposed to be there. But I think that's what we do in, sometimes in our spiritual life. You know, we start trying, instead of using the framework that God's given us and building into who he is, building into the knowledge of who he is, you know, we kind of just want to pick and choose. Well, I just, I just kind of want this. And I, I want to I start here. And I want to do that. And God's saying, no, I, got, I gave you the framework. The 5,000 was a framework with, that you were supposed to build upon. And you kind of went back to the middle and you started putting pieces together. You know, and God's saying, go back, get it framed back in. So it's kind of interesting. They hadn't gained any insight. So go on. This is still in Mark 6, right? They crossed over. I love this. I just kind of put this one in because I think we need to declare that. And that, that last framework was that God is the God of abundant peace because when he got in the boat, what happened? He hushed it. Peace. He, he can do that. In your storms of life, in, in the things that are going on, whatever, he can speak abundant peace to it. Uh, I love this. He's just the God of abundant healing in Mark 6. They wrote in really in poverty mindsets in here, but I want to include it because it's, it's an awesome scripture. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at that place and moored to the shore. Anybody know? I, I had no clue. Anybody ever heard that word, moored to the shore? Yeah, I didn't either, so I had to look it up. It's just anchored to the shore. I was like, they just anchored themselves to the shore. I'm like, can you just use that word? 
I'm like, that word doesn't go in the English language anymore. It might have gone way back then. But they anchored to the shore. When they got out of the boat, immediately the people recognized him and ran out about the whole country and began to carry here and there on their pallets those who were sick to the place that he was. Whenever he entered villages, cities, countryside, they were laying the sick in the mar marketplaces and imploring him that they might just touch the fringe of his coat. And I love this. And as many. Can everybody say that? As, in as many. In as many. And as many as touched it were cured. God's a God of abundant healing. And, and obviously we're, we're still believing that. We're still praying that in many situations even in this body. And, but we got to continue to proclaim it. Even remember, faith is the, is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So you know, we're hoping for and not, haven't seen, but we can believe for that. That is faith. That's walking in faith, and we are believing uh, for that. But he is the God. I've got to continue to declare in that the God of abundant healing. Uh, I love that. Wherever and as many as. I mean, that's, that's, those are some... Big words in that. All right, go on. I won't stay on that. I love this. The God of Abundant Resource Part 2. You know, Mark, I'm going to flip to Mark 8 if you're following along in your, in your word. In those days when there was again, anybody ever work, like that get, get a chance to take a test again, right? You know, maybe you didn't pass the test the first time. You get to do it again. Well, this is kind of where the disciples were. In those days when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the people because they had remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from a great distance. I felt like Jesus was actually working it up here just a little bit. He's like, man, we can't send these guys home, man. They're going to faint. They're going to die. <laughs> they, might, they might pass out on the way home, hoping that maybe they would, you know, this is, the, this is that moment that you would want to hear Hey, oh yeah, oh yeah, Jesus, Jesus. Hey, yeah, I remember we just did that, right? And this, this isn't even as many people. This is like a thousand less. Like, oh, we just did that. We got that, you know. Where's the, where's the loaves? Uh, oh yeah, you got some loaves. You got some fishes over here. Okay, yeah, we got that. You know, that's what you would think or hope. Maybe that's what we would hope that it would be in us that by this time that we just saw 5,000 5, fed. We just saw the, the waters. Hush, we just saw a bunch of people healed, and then we're back in the same test. And we're like, ah, you know, you would just hope, you would hope, you know, that reality um, would happen. Um, let me catch up to my notes. Uh, but the retest was there. Um, you, know, um, you know, that's where you would hope that they would be. But anyway, his, uh, unfortunately, as we go on to that next slide, the poverty mindset comes in, and the disciples say, his disciples answered and said, well, there, was it, where, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to feed these people? And you're like, ugh. You're like, anyone? Did you just say anyone? Anyone? Like, the Jesus is here in the house. His disciples are like, oh, yeah, we forget. That's right, 4,000, 4,000. But, you know, that's the, that's the poverty mindset. But we do that, you know, before you judge them too harshly. Because a lot of times I'll get into that mode. I'm like, what, are you, what were you thinking? And all of a sudden, like, the Lord's like, I've done this before. I've been faithful to you before. You're, you're struggling your finances, but I've been faithful to you before. But now you're going to 
And now you're going to say, what? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know this God of, God of ultimate provision. And it's hard because those are those moments that really, like, it's the God of the impossible. I, that God is asking us to stand and do the impossible sometimes. And all of a sudden, he comes, he comes through. And, and God, God is faithful in that. And we spoke about that. And sometimes I, I wish I could say it would take days. Sometimes I wish it would take maybe less than a week, you know. But sometimes that process is different for each situation. So I, I can't even, I don't, I don't want to promise and put uh, facades of, well, it should be in this time frame, uh, because obviously, you know, when you go back and look at over the, the measure of faith in relationship to the, the men and women of, of God, I mean, there was, there was seasons. Um, but anyway, um, I was going to see if I had anything else to say about that. Um, anyway, yeah, so the reality of God's abundance is the next scripture. You can go on to that one. He's asking, how many loaves do you have? Of course, there were seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground. And taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them. He started giving them to the disciples to serve. The same situation happened. And they got seven baskets full extra. All right? So there's the second feeding. You know, you go from 5,000. You go from you go to God speaking peace, the God of abundance of 5,000, the God of peace, hushing the, st- the, the sea, the God of abundant healing, healing everybody that touched the hem of his garment. And then you go to, you know, this again, this retest that didn't quite get it again, but that's okay. He's going to, you actually, he's going to get another one, another try here in just a second. You know, but the reality is that God is the God of the abundance. And of course, he's also the God of abundant grace, you know, because you get, they get to take the retest of the retest. Anybody ever gotten to that place? You're like, now you're on the retest. I love, I can wait some of the, some of the, uh, I think over at the drive at the DMV, you have to get like a hundred percent on like one of those first tests nowadays, and so it's just funny. I'm like everybody's like stressed out because you get you can't miss anything on the signs. But I've I've heard people having to take that one you know over and over taking the retest. But so here they're going to kind of get another retest. Mark eight eleven and through sixteen, the Pharisees came out. So this is immediately sorry. Immediately they entered the boat with the disciples, came out to the to another district. And the Pharisees came out and they began arguing with him, okay? Oh, sorry. He immediately entered the boat. So they're, sti- they're kind of in the boat and then they came out, but these people are still, they, the Pharisees are arguing with them from the boat and I guess on the land. But Pharisees came out, began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him, sighing deeply in his spirit because he's like, oh, you know, if they only knew, if they only knew. Why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say no sign will give it, Leaving them, he then embarked and went away to the other side. Now, look at this. <laughs> and they had forgotten to take bread. Oh, man. <laughs> and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. Can you, I, I was trying to think of that scenario. You know, I can, I can imagine like Peter and James up here. Peter's over here. Man, I thought you were supposed to bring the bread this time. Come on. Like, he's like, and Peter's over here. He's like, or John's over here. It's like, no, I brought it when the five thousand fed. You know, we had those baskets left over. You were supposed to get one of the ex- you were supposed to get one of the leftover baskets from this time. And you're like, no, man, I thought it was you. So, I mean, just something. That, I mean, you can just see them, you know, in that boat going, "Are you serious? We had seven full baskets left over, and we didn't even grab but one loaf somehow." I mean, you're like, oh, you know, but you know, shouldn't be a problem, right? 
Shouldn't be a problem, right? Again, how many loaves does it take for God to multiply? I mean, one's good. I mean, seven, he multiplied to 5,000. Right, no, five, he multiplied to 5,000. Seven, he multiplied to 4,000. Surely, one loaf can do a boat full of people, right? Surely, one loaf. But, and he was giving orders to them, and this is where, you know, Daniel brought in, watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Religiosity, you know, will catch you in, in seasons like that. Uh, you know, just doing the religious thing. You know, just having religious thought instead of getting into uh, his heart and his life. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because he spoke on that last week. Um, and then the leaven of Herod, you know, the, the leaven of the political or the dependence on man. You know, it's those two leavens that try to get your eyes fixed off of Jesus. You know, so those, that was what... Daniel spoke about. But anyway, I want to go on to the, to the other one. That, you know, it says, They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread? Why? And he actually, uh, he, goes, he goes along and really asks five different questions. He doesn't even, he doesn't even speak to him other than a, in a question. It says, Why do you discuss the fact that you have no bread. Do you not yet see or understand? Do you have a hardened heart? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? And you, do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets did we pick up? And of course, they knew that answer. 12, yeah, we got that. It's good. When I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets did we pick up that you didn't get in the boat, right? Oh, that was seven. And he was saying, do you not yet understand? And I felt like the Lord was just saying that those are some, kind of some questions that are really before us. You know, um, because, you know, I think sometimes in, in the fear, or sometimes in the moment, you know, we, we kind of kick back into fear. I can still, I remember, you know, one of the, you know, this area of God of abundance you know, one of the first things Leah and I did when we got married, I don't know if it was always the smartest thing, but we did the internship. You know, it was the first year of the internship. We did that as a first-year married couple. Uh, it, was, it, it actually was, it was great. It was incredible. But the reality was is that, you know, it's hard to tell that your parents that, you, that just kind of put you through college and got you, like, this degree, math degree, and she had a teaching degree as well, that, hey, Dad, Mom, we're... Um, we're kind of doing this internship. How much does it pay? Well, eh, kind of nothing. Um, not really anything. We're kind of, we might have to raise support. And you're like, yeah, that was a, that's a whole nother story. But that was a crazy scenario. But it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I, we, I had, you know, being my crazy, you know, saving self, I had maybe, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand dollars or a thousand dollars in the bank, you know, some type of emergency fund. And, I was, you know, I had, and I've, I still can remember this place that, because uh, you're, you're, you're feeling like you're stepping into the impossible. Like, how, God, are you going to make this happen? Like, I thought we were going to be making, you know, 25 and 25K together. So, I mean, we were making, we were going to be making 50 grand. I, don't even, I mean, that was 25 years ago, four years ago, something like that, <laughs> 24 years ago. So, I mean, that was a lot of money back, I mean, for us. It would have been like, Wow. <laughs> what do we do with all this? But, you know, the reality is all of a sudden I went from thinking that 
going out of college to, man, we're going to do an internship and not make a lick of money, and how are we going to do that? And I can still remember this, this kind of this poverty mindset. I was like, well, and I, I said this in my heart. I said, well, if God doesn't come through, we, I always have this little bit of savings that you know, I can pull from. And man, it was one of those moments that God, as hard as and uh, gentle but hard as he could have said that, he said, Mitch, you won't use a penny of your own money. And I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to happen. But it was amazing over the course of, I mean, I, could, I mean, it would take another 10, 15 minutes to tell you every little story about how God provided in that season. But God provided and I didn't use, we didn't use, I mean, this is a married couple, didn't use a leg of our money and we didn't even send out a, one support letter. I mean, it was crazy how God, I was just about to, I mean, I had them ready, but we ended up, the Lord just never released me to do it. And God ended up providing that whole year and it was just crazy but when I look back at that year it's cool because I can say God you are a God of abundance now the the goal and the frustration sometimes is that when I get now when I'm in the same scenario sometimes I don't remember that very well you know sometimes I forget and so I just want to encourage you with these five questions this morning as kind of as we close up do you see you know do you see, you know, God said in Matthew 5, blessed are the pure in heart for they will what? See God. You know, John 11 says, you know, this is when Jesus, Martha was, you know, at this place of great, you know, craziness with Lazarus or, you know, uh, Lazarus died and Mary, you know, Martha's going, what are we doing here at the tomb? And, you know, and Jesus says, you know, what did I not say to you that if you believe you will see the glory of God, you know? you will see the glory of God. So God's asking us to see, begin to open up our eyes. You know, sometimes, <laughs> I think, you know, I think sometimes uh, this probably from, um, we haven't quite probably gotten the fullness of it, but sometimes you, you ever kind of just feel like you, as a parent, you kind of want to just close your eyes and not know exactly what all your kids are doing out there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> sometimes you just want to do that. But, but, God, God doesn't want us to be the, the, you know, the ostrich in the sand, dipping our head down in the sand, not un, being aware of what's going on and being able to speak into it. You know, to me, I'm like, man, I'd much rather be aware of something that's going on so I can speak into my, you know, that situation, you know, and declare into it. Sometimes these are just not seeing. You know, do you not see? Do you not understand? You know, I love Luke 12, you know. This is on past, you know, some of the things that were going on when he, Jesus says to the crowds in, in Luke 12, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say a shower is coming. And so it, go, it turns out. And when you see a south wind blowing, you, see it's gonna, you say it's going to be a hot day, and it turns out that way. And all of a sudden he's like, come on, you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why do you not analyze and understand, perceive, put things together? the things of this present day. You know, sometimes, like I said, even in our country, sometimes I just want to go, oh my goodness, what, <laughs> can I just hide from that for you know, two weeks? God's saying, no, don't do that. Don't hide from these two weeks. This is a great opportunity to stand up and declare, speak into, say, and, and declare into that God wants to bring revival to this nation again. You know, that's what we need. Obviously, so don't 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 dig your head in the sand in it. I love this is in Luke nine. This is right after the right after the feeding of the five thousand in Luke nine. I love this. Um, 
James and John got to this place where, man, it, it, you know, this is the same James and John that just went through the feeding of the 5,000 and they didn't step up and say, hey, we got loaves and fishes. We could probably feed everybody. They didn't say that and, 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 you know, and on and on. But it says in Luke 9, this is understanding just wrong motives. When the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers on ahead of him, and they went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they didn't receive Jesus because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. So when his disciples, John, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> this is the same people that, what, a bread? We can't feed people this amount of people with this amount of bread. But now you feel like you can call down fire from heaven? But you know where they had just been? Anybody remember where James and John had just been right before that? In the transfiguration. They got face to face with God. And man, when you get face to get face with God, you feel like you can do the impossible. Like you can, I can call fire from heaven. Now the problem was that that wasn't the heart of God. You know, so don't go on, don't flip on the other side and get all arrogant and cocky and start saying, God, you want me to just take these people out with some fire and brimstone? Come on right here. You know, boom, got them. You know, anybody else you want to take out God? You know, he wants, he wants, he didn't come to destroy men's lives. He came to what? Save them. Came to save them. So get, get to that place of understanding. Do you have a hardened heart? You know, open up our hearts, you know. And this isn't, you know, I think sometimes when we hear this, do you have a hard heart, we immediately kind of shut off because we're like, he's kind of addressing an evil and adulterous generational heart. I don't think he's even saying that. He's just saying, for the heart of this people has become dull. Anybody, everybody uh, lived beside a train track before? As I did, as we did when we got married. Uh, at some point, you either go completely bazonkers and you just move, or you dull that thing out so that you don't hear it anymore. Like we lived in Big Stone, we lived 10, 100 you know, yards from a, one that blew this, on, just down this road they blew it, and then right at us they blew it. And people would come to our house and be like, how do, you, how do y'all sleep? Like I was up all night, you know, with the trains. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even hear a train anymore. <laughs> I, you know, you seriously, you just block it out, you dull it. And the Lord's saying the hardened hearts in relationship to a dullness, like we just become dull. Just like that, remember we were talking about the garden last week, Papa John said, you know, if you're just going to go out and start throwing seeds on a hard ground, are you going to get any fruit? John? Nope, absolutely not, right? And it's nothing wrong with the soil. You know, and you realize that? There's nothing, God said, just told me to speak this, especially into some of you, some of you that feel like sometimes your heart's like, evil and you're oh my gosh i'll never get over this i'll never be the the soil is is good it just needs to be uh, break up the fallow ground you know let it soften in there so that god can put some seed in there Uh, but he said uh, for the heart of this people has become dull and with their ears they can scarcely hear and they've closed their eyes otherwise they would see otherwise they would hear and so god wants to take that because remember romans 10 10 with the heart one what believes you know, what you need your heart softened. You need your heart in a place that it's open to receive and give and re- be able to receive again and give again, receive again and give. Why? Because that's the reality of how, that's the place of believing and it results in righteousness. Do you not hear 
I mean, this Hebrews 5, 11, concerning this we have much to say. It's hard to explain. Again, since you have become dull of hearing, I mean, that same, same allegory, you know, with the trains is pertaining to this as well. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have again the need for someone to teach you the elementary principles. But solid food is for the mature who because of, come on now, because of practice have their senses trained to be discern good and evil. And there's, so there's this place that I don't want to be dull of hearing. I want to be at my ears open to hear. And then the last one, don't, don't you remember? You know, God spoke that to the disciples. Don't you remember? You know, you've got to remember his abundance. You've got to remember he's taking you up out of the miry clay. And if he hasn't gotten you out of that miry clay, today's a great day to get out. You know, today's a great day for salvation uh, to get out of that miry clay. But this last scripture in relationship to Lamentations 3, you know, I speak it a lot, but it's one of my favorite verses because, you know, even, even um, Jeremiah was in that place where he's like, oh my gosh, like all is lost. You know, if, if he was speaking about himself or even like maybe this nation, all is lost. Like, oh, we're not, you know, God has left us. He's forsaken us. He's good, done all these things. And then all of a sudden he switches it and it says, surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind. He's like, all of a sudden he's remembering. Wait a second. Wait a second. And, that, and I encourage you, one of the biggest things I feel like the Lord has, has been empowering me to pray for is really just this arena of deception that is kind of over the, this nation and over, obviously, the world. But obviously, the enemy is blind to the eyes of the unbelieving, so they might not receive the gospel. But it's even deeper than that. It's like a deception that has blinded the eyes to even see, you know, and it, it kind of says it. You start calling good evil and evil good, and you, it just starts getting blurred. You know, and, and all this starts getting blurred. Even in Christian circles, it starts getting blurred. And the Lord's saying, God wants to break off that. Open up our eyes to see the reality of what's going on before us so that we have the empowerment to speak into it, that we have the, the heart to speak into it uh, as our hearts open. But surely that my soul remembers bow down within me. This I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness. That's why we spoke about it this morning. Never ceases. It's compassions never fail they are new every morning great is your faithfulness the lord is my portion therefore i have hope in him and that's what that's what uh land was trying to get us to do i mean it says the lord is my portion says my soul therefore i have hope in him sometimes our soul is saying other things than god what god is saying that's why she was trying to get us to still our soul so that we can begin to hear and we can begin to speak into what god is saying we need to speak in relationship to our, our own soul. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to all those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. So I just want you know, that uh, really kind of wrapping that, that whole thing up is that, you know, really seeking out the God of abundance because he's a God of abundance of resources, abundance of peace, he's abundance of healing. He, again, he's abundance of resource again. But all that really has is tied into are we putting it together? Are we making, you know, are we, are we asking for this revelation in our lives? Are we going to be able to really walk that out in that? And, you know, and I, and I think God is just asking us those questions this morning. And I felt like the Lord, uh, you know, I think Mark, I don't know if Mark, if you all have anything, but I felt like something that the Lord wanted to do was just really declare into those, like, yes, you hear. Yes, you see. Yes, you have a soft heart. Like, yes, you do hear. Yes, you do remember. 
Like sometimes we can get kind of on the negative side of that, and the Lord wants to say, "Yes, you do." You know, he's speaking that to you. You know, you got to be able to speak it into yourself. And I felt like if, if some people needed that, uh, some extra encouragement there that this morning, that would be something that I would encourage. Do you have anything? Uh, I can get, can uh, Melissa, can you just, or is she not in here? <laughs> Robbie, you mind just pointing something real quick? Do y'all have anything? You got anything? Good. All right. <laughs> so let's stand. I want to pray that then. I feel like that's where the Lord's going to take us to. I'm just going to have the um, teams come up if we can. And I'm just going to pray this kind of in, in a release, releasing form, but also I just encourage you. Uh, anybody have that, that right, uh, coming back to that, what was it, right shoulder? Right. Upper right shoulder, chest, anybody got, the, any, was anybody, was that word for anybody this morning? Ted, anybody else? That's, okay, Linda. Did you get relief from it? Okay. Ted, how about you? You need some more prayer? Can we can we, can y'all just come up here and, and get some prayer in relationship to Kevin? A lot of times we're gonna put some of the freedom teams, I mean uh, the uh healing teams up here on the right. Your left. So if, if you need prayer for that, I want you to encourage you. But I felt like the Lord said there was grace for that this morning. I just wanted to highlight it again. So Lord, we I just even as they come to to pray, I want to just ask for a release of healing right now. Lord, we just Speak release of healing to that right shoulder in Jesus' name. God, just impartation of that into that, the healing team this morning. So, Lord, we also, as the ministry teams have come up, I just, I just want to release you. If any time you want to come up and get prayer, feel free, even as I'm speaking. But right now, I just want to pray right now in Jesus' name, God. I just want to declare these five things over this body. I just declare in the dwelling place that each individual, but as a corporate body, that we will see, that we can see. We will see and that we can see. God, I want to pray right now that we do understand, we will understand, we will put those things together. Lord, we'll take the framework that you've given us and that, Lord, we'll stop picking and choosing in the middle, but we'll allow your framework of the gospel, of the word, of your Holy Spirit to build that picture within us, God. And to begin to really step into that, Lord, understanding, God, that we're not, we're not, some, I just heard in here that somebody just believes that they're dumb and they're stupid, that they're not going to, they wouldn't even be able to make that conclusion. They wouldn't even be able to get those pieces together. And we just renounce that lie right now in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that right now. And I also pray right now for a softening, a soft hearts, Lord, that you've declared in this body, soft hearts, good soil. Good soil for these hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name, God, that you've put within us everything pertaining to life and godliness in us. God, that you would just stir up those things in our heart, Lord. I just pray right now that we do hear, that we can hear, that we will hear in Jesus' name, God. Open up those ears, God, right now in Jesus' name. Spiritual ears, open up, God, for the first time to be able to even hear, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. Lord, and, and even way further into that, God, just the, the, the craziness of the days and seasons and times that we'll be able to hear your voice speak peace into our lives, into our spirit. And God, that we can remember, that we do remember, 
that we will remember, God, in Jesus' name. God, I just pray right now, God, that your Holy Spirit would just bring revelation of remembrance to us. God, some of us have even blocked off good things of the kingdom because we've had so much go on in our lives. God, so much maybe hurt, maybe it's just been traumatic, maybe it's been whatever. And God, I just pray right now you would flood their mind with the remembrance of the goodness of God, the remembrance of your grace, the remembrance of your healing, the remembrance of your good works, God, in Jesus' name, so that we don't lose heart, that we will continue to walk in this place of your goodness, God, all the days of our life, all the days of dwelling place, all the days that we walked in this nation, Lord. So, Lord, we just declare that in Jesus' name, God. I just speak that into this body, God, in, over individuals. I just pray you receive it. God, receive it by the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Receive that in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I just um, feel really strongly that just to reaffirm something that Mitch is calling out, that there is some place of you need affirmation. And I just want to remind the body where two or more are gathered, there he is. And then if we ask, we shall receive. So there's a place in which you are hungry for this abundance. You're wanting the answers and you... You know, you're doing that thing of going, but I've cried out, but I've, but I've asked for this, but, you know, and you're maybe struggling with some of those mindsets. I just encourage you, come and stand with a brother or a sister. Mm -hmm. Let the Lord be in the midst and let his answer come forth because he wants to do it. And there's this place of there's no shame, there's no mm -hmm. guilt. There's a place of being together, mm -hmm. asking for abundance to come forth, letting it just flow from heaven. So I just encourage you, if there's just even an inkling in you that says, man, I want someone to say yes and amen mm -hmm. over to what I'm sensing, that that is the, the, um, what uh, Mitch is crying out for, is that there is a response team that's, that will just 100% stand with you, and there's everybody to the left and right can lay hands on you and say mm -hmm. yes and amen mm -hmm. to the promises over your life and what God has said. We don't need to leave today wondering whether he said yes and amen to no. something you've heard. Yeah. No one needs to leave today without the affirmation that God said yes and amen. So I just say, come start flooding, yeah. get next to each other, put hands yeah, on each Lord. other, whatever we need to do this morning. There is a, a true, just, I just want to affirm what mm. Mitch is saying. There is a real place of going beyond the poverty of mindset and entering into abundance. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to ask you to come. Can we just sing that chorus real quick in ending and just declaring this over one another? But also, I, I just want to encourage you, if you, you want somebody to specifically speak the yes and amen with you, to hearing, to seeing, to understanding, to your heart, uh, to remembering, if you've, if you've lost that remembrance, just come and get prayer. And so let's just sing this together. <laughs>